I just want to listen to rock music. You listen to music all the time. What are you talking about? I feel like you most, I guess you just consume media. You just consume everything. Oh, yeah. What else am I going to be here to do? Just hang out with my thoughts? That's the worst thing I think I could possibly think of for myself. That's probably accurate. Yeah. I, I, I mean, now that I'm on antidepressants, I, uh, <laughs> it's fine for me. I'm doing pretty good, see? I'm pretty decent. Media for me is what antidepressants are for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, okay. if I'm alone with my thoughts by myself, most of the time I'm just like, oh, God, this is not good for me. <laughs> Which is why I just, I turn on five different TV screens. I hear five different things at once. And, uh, you know, it, it gets me good. I get happy. Something gets stuck in my head like a, a rock song. And then uh, I just hear a guitar riff through the my whole day instead of my intrusive thoughts. And I'm good. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, I max out at like two things at a time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, I can listen to music. Mm-hmm. Or a podcast, like our lovely show here today. Ooh. Or, yeah, have a movie on in the background while I do something. Yeah, nice. Like Classic. laundry or cleaning my room. Oh, yeah, I definitely, I don't know. I, I think I have a minimum of like three things going normally. Why do you think that is? Why do I think what is? Why Why do you think you're so like, why do you crave input so much? I don't know. I just think I, I enjoy having things happening. And I think I feel like, let me break myself down. Let me put on my uh, doctor your, cap. Yeah, your fake, your fake psychologist glasses. Um, I think maybe part of it is due to the fact of like, uh, I mean, for one, I really just don't like silence. Uh, not a fan of it. Does it freak you out? Is it scary or is it just something you avoid? I think I just avoid it. I mean, it's scary at night when it's dark and there's nothing going on, but uh the thought of the demons coming after me. Mm, this gets back to your root, just like baseline paranoia. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what could be lurking out there? I hear a couple, uh, hear a couple bumps, and it's like, well, is this the time where I end up in a uh, murder documentary? Mm. And uh, it's it for me. Um, mm. I also think maybe part of it is I just don't want to miss out on things. Like I have, we only have FOMO. so much time in the day so i'm like i want to see as many things as i can otherwise i kind of feel like i wasted the day Mm. and then maybe i don't know my last my last thought is just maybe possibly i have a little bit of undiagnosed like adhd or something yeah i could definitely see (laughs) because i wasn't gonna say it i let you say i've been seeing more recently on like tiktok and stuff that people are like oh I have like ADHD and this is something that I do. And then I look up and see myself doing the same thing. And I just, cause I saw someone, some dude that had five screens on in front of him and said that they had ADHD. And then Mm -hmm. I uh, got to thinking. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of it as well. I I, I don't know. I would not be surprised if you came back with that diagnosis at all at the end of the day i think i do just find joy from it though you know i mean what what are things that i love why do we have this podcast it's media it's consuming things video games tvs movies songs so may as well do all the things i love at once there you go Welcome 
back, everybody. Once again, to the show dependent podcast, the podcast that exposes our codependent tendencies with the things that we love, how they shaped us into who we are today and whether mm-hmm. or not that relationship has changed. The lovely, luxurious voice that is feeling stronger coming back up from the COVID is Kayla. And with me, as always, is my wonderful partner in crime and co-host, Eddie. Hey! Did you seriously just put on glasses? <laughs> I mean, are we did, breaking things down or are we Did not? you need to feel more distinguished? Is that's why you put on your blue light canceling glasses? Yeah, I was like, for one, I've been staring at screens a lot lately. And for two, if we're about to break this down, a little literary masterpiece turned into a film. I've mm. got to have my glasses on so I look distinguished for the people who can't see me. Yeah. I mean, I would call you a poser. But the fact that you are almost legally blind, that's <laughs> oh, so fine. Are you trying to keep, keep eyesight? Yes, I am. <laughs> it pisses me off when people wear glasses for fashion. How do you think I feel? Oh, you are just so, so blind. I 100% agree. With it. it pisses me off when people can just see. They're like, Honestly, oh. I want every person to be born with some kind of hardship. Yeah, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I don't really mean that. It's like obviously. when people say, no, I mean it. It's like when people <laughs> say that thing where everyone should have to work a retail or fast food job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone should have to have bad eyesight for at least a month just to see yeah. what it's like. Just and to then... feel it out. It sucks. All right. Well, enough about that. We should get on to the topic of the day. It's show dependent. Mm-hmm. And what are we speaking on? We're talking about the 2003 film Holes, which is based off of the 1998 book authored by. (laughs) You read the book. You're supposed to be the book person. (laughs) You're expecting me to have that off. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm expecting you to have the text in front of you with annotations. Yes. Certainly not. The book is by Lewis Satcher, the guy who made Wayside Stories from Wayside High or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty dope. Great book, and uh, dare I say, an amazing one of the best film adaptations of a book I think. Ever. Wow! And, and I don't say that lightly. better than Twilight. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of missteps in Twilight. Anyway, Anyways. before we we before we hop in, I do want to say I had an aha moment uh-huh. right before we started recording. Yeah, because I was in my inbox and. I saw two things from you titled Holes, and I was like, huh, holes. <laughs> anyway, but also, no. I was like, why would the author title it that? And I was like, oh my gosh, well, literally, there's hole digging, obviously, we all know that. However, as you read the book, or in my case, watch the film, film. you fill in the holes mm. that are missing from the story. Hey, yo. And I'm like, yo. This is good writing, and I love it. Louis, you wild for this one. Louis, or maybe it's Louis. 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 Okay, well, Louis, I'm proud of you, and I like this title. Let's talk about it. By starting off with our meet cute. Wow, that was nice. I liked it. It's a meet cute baby. It's how we met this thing. All right, 2003, a post-9-11 world. Eddie was just out here actually having memories and forming friendships that will last Hooray! me a lifetime. So in 03, I was firmly in middle school, uh, starting to remember my trials and tribulations. Couldn't walk because my knees grew too fast. 
uh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, which by the way, rest in peace, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, he died recently to date this episode, but yeah, <laughs> he was found dead. Good Lord. I'm going to say I can actually remember exactly when I watched this for the first time. Wow. Unless I've planted false memories into my own brain, which could very well be the case, I believe that in 2003, my brother, who's a few years younger than me, it was his birthday, and this movie came out around his birthday. And so for his birthday party, he had his buds over, and then we all went to the movies to see Holes. So I remember tagging along (laughs) and just being like, yeah, I'll go watch this movie. So I actually remember, I believe, opening day or opening weekend of 2003, whenever this movie came out that year, I was there in theater watching, and I was absolutely wowed. I did did not read the book before the film, but after it, and I found out that it was a book, had to get in there. Honestly, this book is, I think, one of the better books I've read in my life, definitely from like the young adult or kid perspective. One of the best books I think I read as a child. The things that it does and the choices it makes, fantastic. Nice. Well, I also got to see this movie in theaters, which is pretty cool. It's one of the earliest movie memories I have. I think that and Shrek. <laughs> there um, you go. That's we're very formative. Problem, baby. Anyway. <laughs> um, Gosh, Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Counting crows. Holes is pretty special to me because I remember going to see this movie with my mom. Nice. Um, and it was like a mommy-daughter date. Cool. I don't I don't recall my brothers being there because I think this probably this movie is PG rated, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure it's PG. But I remember in the trailer it looking kind of scary. Uh-oh. So my mom was a little hesitant to bring my younger uh-huh. brother along. Could be a little much. Yeah. And I remember being scared in this movie. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we'll unpack the reasons why as we break this down. But I definitely remember drinking in because I would we would sneak in food, obviously. Back in the day when it was a lot easier, I think. But I remember drinking a carrot orange soapy. Oh, God. And... Just watching this movie and getting scared out of my pants, but loving it and really enjoying the story and the romance and all of that. And it reminds me of my mom. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk more about it. Getting to know each other. We're going to save the in-depth talk about it for later. But the very first thing you hear is that song. Digging on, digging, digging on. Yeah. I'm broken in and I'm broken so fucking love it with this kid that's like 12, not 12, 14, but he's got a deep ass voice just singing. Love it. We fade in, we get the music, we see a bunch of holes, we see kids digging. The tone is fucking set even more because while these kids are digging, you see a kid's water bottle, his name is Barf Bag, he sees a rattlesnake, and then just decides to commit a light suey. Mm-hmm. It goes in there just like foot, uh, light. foot first into a rattlesnake bite. Everyone around him is like, hey, yo, come on, it ain't that bad. What, what are you doing? And he gets fucking bit and we fade out from his like, ah. Mm-hmm. I think I'd do that, to be honest. Oh, you think so? Get out of some manual labor. <laughs> 
Uh, my father told me to go cut uh, cut down this bush, so I'm going to get bit by this rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how long Bark Bag was there, so... You did this to me, father. <laughs> <laughs> you take this, my blood is on your hands. It's your fault. You asked me to <laughs> mow the lawn. <laughs> yep. Yeah, a little suey. A little I don't know. Suey. Do you I think mean, you could do it? I do mean, what? you're terrified of snakes. I don't think you'd ever consider I think getting I close to one. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I'll dig my holes like I'm like I deserve to. You take a bad boy. Are you a bad boy? Do you think you get sentenced to dig in some holes? Oh, probably not. Definitely not. Actually, I I I did not mess with the law. No, for sure not. Well, off that screen, we see Stanley Yelnats and some shoes fall on his fucking head. Stanley Yelnats, a a young Cheyenne, but we get the nice voiceover. Stanley Yelnats, my family's cursed. 150 years talking about oh got these shoes and we just get a little bit more of the setup stanley gets hit by shoes he's arrested the judge definitely a piece of shit oh yeah he says well i could send you to jail it's like for what the kid's like 12 in the book i believe he's younger but in the in the movie shia he looks maybe like 15 maybe yeah Mm -hmm. the judge has got to be where are they what state are they in they're in Texas. Texas, yeah. I was going to say Republican as state for sure because this judge, this judge is ready to send this kid just to prison for life because he stole some shoes. And it's like, dog, this does not... He's it's a first-time offender. Mm-hmm. He didn't even do anything. Yeah, and it's also like, I guess it just kind of sounds crazy that shoes fell out of the sky. Yeah, but even if he straight up stole them, I mean, it's just a pair of shoes. And I he's guess. a kid. Yeah. First time offender, very sweet, very nice, told the truth. Like, does none of this count? It doesn't nope. because police don't give a shit about you and the Mm-mm. justice system don't care about you. And once again, I've been seeing it more and more. Do not talk to cops. Use don't the wise words cops. of our buddy, Medium Sauce. Do not talk to cops. Don't do it. Either way, the intro is brief. We get the setup. He gets sentenced to Camp Green Lake for 18 months. And as he's going there in the bus, traveling through the desert, holes everywhere, he sees a mirage, a ghost of a man pulling a donkey. And uh, we arrive at Camp Green Lake. Yay! We made well, it. Where's the water, Kayla? What's happening here? Well, you know, it's a bit of an ironic name. Oh, fun stuff. Yeah. Green Lake, more like Dirt Lake, because this, <laughs> this place is a hellhole. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I look at Camp Green Lake and I mean, I'm pretty familiar with desert landscapes. Yeah, but this looks particularly desolate. (laughs) Like there's not sagebrush, there's not any cacti. It's just dirt. Oh, this is a desert. This is a capital D desert Mm -hmm. with one S, not two. We're not talking about desert. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Sorry, every time I spell the word desert, I think of strawberry shortcake. That was my mm, that was my clue. About to get some dessert clue. after this. Eesh, you know it. It's pretty obvious that Stanley does not belong here. <laughs> oh no, he's a sweet boy. He's just a sweet guy. And he, he really doesn't pick up on how bad his situation is yeah. very quickly. I mean, it, you know, he's not institutionalized. He's not from the no. streets like some of these other kids. Seems like, you know, they've had a very hard life. Like I said, this kid is a first-time offender. Mm-hmm. He really, this kid ain't built for this. No, definitely not. And uh, you can tell it's a very much a fish-out-of-water situation. 
because there's literally no water. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy seeing Stanley try to acclimate to Camp Green Lake, getting to know his tent mates and the people that run the facility. Mm-hmm. Also, it's an extremely hazardous situation. They are surrounded by rattlesnakes and yellow spotted lizards, mm-hmm. which are not real. But in the story, they're real and they are pretty freaking oh, scary. And they feel like an absolute threat. Oh, yeah. What? One bite, you die. One it's bite. A slow and painful says with, a, with a rattlesnake bite, you might die. Mm-hmm. With a yellow spotted lizard, you will die. Ugh. Essentially, a yellow spotted lizard bite is a 100% fatal bite. So, Jesus Christ. Yikes. The fact that it, they can even keep kids around this. Yeah, that it's it, there. Oh, God. It'd be fun to have our our lawyer bud de- like break down all of the issues. I mean, honestly, it's Texas, though. So they'd probably be like, yeah, it's fucking fine. We'll give a oh, shit if about they're brown, kids. if they're brown, we're going to put them exclusively <laughs> close to yellow spotted lizard. Nests. Exactly. Shouldn't have came over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Put the illegals next to the yellow spotted lizards. Oh, my gosh. The shoes are very weird to me, but they are an amazing plot device, and it, oh. it does a really good job of tying, <laughs> tying <laughs> sure, shoelaces. I get it. Uh-huh. Tying, thank you, thank you. Uh, tying everything together. And the owner of these shoes, the reason these shoes are so important is because they belong to a baseball player, mm-hmm. but his nickname is Sweet Feet. Eddie, what? what? I mean, <laughs> There's a scene in the a hilarious line. Yeah. Where Sweet Feet is giving testimony for some reason, as if he like <laughs> stole the shoes off his feet. It's like he stole them from a quote unquote stole them from a donation. So why? Mm-hmm. I just find it hard to believe that they would even bring this guy in. Like yeah, what? If I was like Sweet Feet, I'd be like, time. no. First of all, leave the kid alone. Second of all, fucking, I'm not going down there. But Sweet Feet, he took the time out of his day. He went down there. <laughs> he was absolutely disgusted. Yeah, he was fucking pissed, which was very funny because he says, stealing shoes. You know, I grew up on the street. I know the system. I just I just don't understand how anyone could steal from homeless people because the shoes were being auctioned off to give money to homeless. He said, someone who could steal something like that, who doesn't care, you're no fan of mine. <laughs> <laughs> just looks right at the camera and then it just flashes to Stanley. <laughs> just like, Poor Stanley. Shocked as he's surrounded by all his sweet feet memorabilia. Oh, gosh. I, he's... I, I think it's such a great shot because it's just oh, yeah. the fucking uh, parallel of him loving this guy and this guy saying, hey, fuck you. I hate you, kid. Yeah, it's so oh, funny. That's got a sting. Poor Stanley. Uh huh. And as we're about to talk about the cast of characters, an important character here is Zero. Because mm-hmm. as Stanley says, yeah, these shoes fell out of the sky. Haha, <laughs> isn't that weird? Zero says, were they red? And Stanley's like, yeah, they were. And then no one follows up on this. How does this man Stanley not be like, hey, Zero, what the hell are you talking about? How did you know, like, the exact make and model of these shoes? Yeah. Dog, if you need to tell me something, you need to tell me right now, because I'm drowning out here, man. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be written <laughs> off as, like, Zero is just a really big fan of Sweet Feet. So he, like, Maybe. knows his gear, but, like... But there's, there's that's no, a bit of a stretch. There's no follow-up question. No. Stanley is an innocent, gentle little boy. Mm-hmm. I would I would just... Every freaking thought that night would be, why the fuck is this going on? How the hell do you know the exact shoes? <laughs> but here's the thing. You're paranoid and Stanley is not. Apparently not. He's a sweet little boy. He's just a little boy. 
Let's talk about some other characters because there is a wide cast of characters spanning multiple generations. Yeah, spanning multiple generations, three different time periods. Here are the ones that we care about. Uh, We're going to keep it a little brief, though, because there's a lot of them to talk about. Brief. Obviously, we've got the Yelnatses. That's uh, Stanley, his dad, who's also named Stanley Yelnats. He's Stanley Yelnats the third. His grandfather, Stanley Yelnats the second. His mom. We've got the D10 boys, which is his crew mm-hmm. at Camp Green Lake. We've got X-Ray. Kayla, yep. how do you feel about X-Ray? I hate X-Ray, and I'm going to talk about why I hate X-Ray. <laughs> You're just a hater. No, I'm not. He's a mean. Um, Armpit is there. Some of a few other guys. doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. The Warden, who was played by Sigourney Weaver. Ugh. She's pretty fucking spicy in this Oy. one. Mm-hmm. We've got Mr. Sir. Yes, Amazing. you heard that right. <laughs> A guy who, with the name Mr. Mr. Sir, Sir, acts like his name is not insane. Yeah. If you have a name like that, you have to be able to take that. Do you think his actual name is Buddy Guy? <laughs> Excuse me? I feel like with a, a name like Buddy Guy, you have mm-hmm. to go by Mr. Sir. Maybe. We've also who got knows? Dr. Pendansky. He's the therapist for Camp Green Lake. He's not very good at his job. And then if we <laughs> flash back to old Camp Green Lake, we have mm-hmm. a character known by the name of Sam, an absolute angel of a man. We love him! Oh. And Catherine, Miss Catherine. A.K.A. A school teacher who gets a bit of a heel turn. Woo! At a certain point. Mm-hmm. My love. Yes. In D10, all the all the boys get a nickname, right? Mm-hmm. Because X-Ray may, may surprise you, Armpit listeners, it may surprise you to hear that those are not their actual names. What? So in D10, they all get nicknames. What do you think your nickname would be? Hmm. I'm thinking... I mean, I only really had one nickname. Yeah. But if we're going off of... Barnyard Girl. It's like in high school. (laughs) They call you Barnyard. No, that was not where I was going with that. (laughs) There was a guy in my high school who called me K-Swiss. And I liked that nickname. It was fun. (laughs) I wear my K-Swiss. I wear my K-Swiss. I did. Digging holes. Digging holes. Getting bit by yellow spotted lizards. (laughs) Being on God's thumb. Dying in the heat. (laughs) Being Um, kissed by kissing Kate. Being abused by adults. (laughs) Oh, fun. Who are getting paid to abuse me. Being shot Um, for an interracial marriage. There you go. It's that easy. No, I think it'd probably be like, it'd probably be something like armpit. Because I'm sweaty. (laughs) I'm I'm sweaty. Maybe. So maybe, maybe pit stain. Nice. Yeah, that'd probably be my derogatory. Yeah. If it's a mean nickname, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, Armpit, they're they're kind of, I think that their nicknames are kind of, I don't know. I feel like Armpit is the only one that's actually kind of derogatory. I mean, Barf Bag is actually pretty Um, bad. Caveman. That's not a bad name at all. That's called him a Neanderthal on site. Yeah, it's a cool name. Caveman's a cool name. X-Ray's a cool name. Zigzag's pretty cool. Magnet's pretty cool. Zero. I like Magnet. Magnet's a good yeah. one. Hey, he's a vato right there. Magnet he Latino. Is. What would your nickname be? I think my nickname, due to my uh, aforementioned weak knees, mm. has to be something like that. You know, maybe call me... Because uh, back in the day, after sixth grade, when I had my growth spurt, I would just randomly fall down because my, oh, knees, would, no. my knees would give out. So they call me like flat back or something. There you go. That makes sense. Bumper. 
Bumper. <laughs> my I like it with an accent. I think it bumps, fool. Look bumper. at them. You mm-hmm. only get so many bumps, man. You ever heard? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And You're as so I so sad. Oh, it's falling down. Yeah, it was fucking wild. Poor baby. Yeah, I'd just be walking and then my knees would whoop. That's it, man. And then I just hit the ground. It was sick. Call you joints. <laughs> we ain't got none. But as I said, I mentioned someone by the name of Kissing Kate Barlow. We'll see who she is. And she robbed Stanley's great grandpa, the original Stanley Yelnets. He plays mm-hmm. a little bit of an important uh, role here in this film. But indeed, let's transition into the first hole. <laughs> <laughs> is this your first hole? Yeah, it is. Jesus, be gentle. <laughs> You got to explain to me because this is something that has always baffled me. And I guess I could look in the book, but I have no memory of them specifically. I don't think that they even say this in the book. Sure. In the first hole, they wake up bright and early. uh, They get their shovels. Stanley's still figuring out what the hell is going on here Mm. and uh, exactly why he has to dig a hole. Um, And they feed these kids what looks to be like, I always thought it was legitimately just tortillas covered in like olive oil. Ugh. I don't know what the hell this is. I'm but pretty it, sure it's honey. It has baffled me since 2003 when I saw this in theaters. I've been like, what the fuck are they eating? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen this snack before, ever. Even tortillas and honey is a wild snack to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not like they're dipping it. Like, the tortillas are covered yeah. in this goop. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know. Gross. If anyone knows, can you imagine if someone knew? Or if anyone's ever had a snack like that, let us know. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Twitter or freaking uh, hit the email at showdependentpod at gmail. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a snack similar to this? Because this shit's mm-hmm. wild. It's like there, there's no nutritional value in this at all. No. A tortilla no. and some oil and or honey? How are these kids going to dig a hole? Five foot no wide, idea. five foot deep. These kids should be... Just being packed with protein. I mean, I guess all they eat is beans besides that, so. Right. Hey, what yeah. was uh, Stanley's mistake? Because he grabs a shovel. Yeah. He and quickly gets it taken. He gets a good one, apparently, because it's got, like, a orange band around it. Yeah. The reason this one's, like, sought after is because if you have a smaller shovel, you get to dig a smaller hole. Because you dig it five feet wide, five feet deep. Yeah, and your shovel is your measuring mm-hmm. stick. So if it's slightly smaller, then you have to dig a slightly smaller hole. There you go. It's your your favorite guy from Detent X-Ray just takes a <laughs> shovel from Stanley and tosses his shovel down, which is a real nice move. Is this one of the Why reasons? Why can't we just be nice? To huh? strike one for X-Ray, huh? You could have just been like, actually, that's my shovel. And then you could take it. Oh, Stanley would have gave it to him. Oh, I know. That's the thing about Stanley. He's a total pushover. Hey. So, we, I mean, he, he doesn't stay that way. We do see some character growth. But. Hey, he's in a pen, though, man. He needs to learn the rules now. This is what happens. Everybody's so mean to Stanley. Yeah, well, he needs to get toughened up. But he's such a nice guy. Here's an iconic scene for you. As they're yes. walking to the holes or whatever, it's playing a song that goes like, Oh, sinner, let's go, let's down, go down, let's go down, let's go down. Ever since I saw that and heard that in 03, it's been stuck in my head. Every single time I hear it before it starts playing. Oh, when yeah. I see this movie, I'm like, Oh, here it comes. Bu- they're about to play that song. This movie it's has weird songs. I like it, though. They're all iconic, and I remember all of them, but like I've never heard them outside of this film. 
Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Even though some of them feel like they're actual songs. Yeah. Ah, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. Another wild thing mm-hmm. is that not only are these kids doing like forced labor yeah. in order to, you know, correct their whatever. It's, punishment doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> they're also being expected to like look for stuff. Yeah. They're not told what they're looking for, but just, just if look. you find something cool, mm-hmm. you get the day off. Who knows? Who knows? Can you uh, imagine? If I were no. in the situation again, I'd be like, hey, yo, why the hell does fucking look for things? Why are you looking for what, stuff? What, what, what are they trying to find? And it becomes a mystery because it's very curious and suspicious. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a point of contention. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Because Lewis Satcher in the book and the director in the film, they do such an amazing world building job, I think. Oh, like I agree. Camp Green Lake and the whole surrounding, all, all the stories they tell on it feels like such a real place. Mm-hmm. Like you could see it actually happening. But my point of contention here is Camp Green Lake is a very famous place in this world. Yeah. And like everyone seems to know like the full lore and history of the area and like kissing Kate Barlow. She was around Mm -hmm. at this time and like what she did and robbing and burying her treasure and all that stuff. I find it very hard to believe that no one would have made the connection because. Yeah, I feel like they're not giving these kids enough credit. Well, not only that, but just like people. Yeah, exactly. Like, like nowadays, how many people are like internet detectives and conspiracy theorists and all this so stuff? So many. There were so many people to be like, hey, isn't it weird that the uh, granddaughter of the guy who was searching for kissing Kate Barlow's treasure now owns this land and has kids dig holes? Isn't yeah. that a little bit, uh, I don't know, suspicious? Yeah, you would think. <laughs> But no one has seemingly connected the dots Mm-mm. or no one cares at all. It goes back to that old like trope of kids being smarter than the adults yeah. and leaving it up to them to figure everything out. Right. But yeah, like the the author and director do a really good job of bringing together these three different time periods oh absolutely because right here is the very first time that we really get this this awesome thing that the film does so earlier i said that the film is an amazing adaptation one of the best adaptations of a even though it's a book for kids i think it's a fairly complex book because Mm -hmm. it has three different time periods going on we had stanley tell us about his bad luck and that his family's cursed well at this point as he's getting his water bottle filled, he is talking to Dr. Pendansky. We have a flashback. The film does such a good job of showing the flashback, cutting to modern day, and then going back to flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But we get just a transition all the way over to Latvia back in the day. I don't even know where Latvia is, if I'm being honest. Not a clue. But we get the iconic phrase. What is it, Kayla? You're no good, dirty, rotten, pig-stealing, great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. That's who all the men of the Yelnes family blame their bad luck on. Because back in Latvia, guy's mm-hmm. name was Elia. He loved this bimbo-ass girl. Oh, so She's so dumb. But as you know, what was her name? Myra Minky? Oh, right? That's such a bimbo name. Yeah. But as you know, and you may be out there listening in 2022 and thinking this don't sound very different. But back in the day, these women didn't have rights. No, weren't, weren't allowed to choose what they wanted to do or who they wanted to be married with. Mm-hmm. So the father just wants a fat pig. 
for his daughter's hand in marriage. Elia's like, hey, yo, I ain't got this. Goes to Madame Zeroni. She's a fortune teller. A fucking She's a queen. Eartha yeah. Kit. She's back again. She's back. You thought we left her in Emperor's New Group, but you're wrong. Nope. She's here. Goes to her for help. She tells him, hey, here's the deal. You see that little pig over there? Carry it up the mountain. Sing it a song as it drinks. And then it'll get nice and fat and you can give it to the, the man. But there's a catch. Oh, what's the catch? The catch is, after he takes care of the pig, he has to go carry Madame Zeroni up the hill mm-hmm. and let and sing the song while she drinks so mm-hmm. she can grow big and strong. Uh-oh, but what happens if he doesn't? His family will be cursed for always and eternity. Mm-hmm. God, she's got such a good creepy voice. I love it. And you can guess what happens. He doesn't do it. <laughs> not only does he not do it, he doesn't go back from Adam Zeroni. But here's a little fun fact from the book. I believe that he got lazy because he was supposed to, essentially, you could say he was supposed to get the pig up the hill every single day for 30 days. And in the book, he forsakes doing it for like the last day because he can't wait. And he takes the pig to <gasps> the. So if he had done the whole thing, the pig would have been bigger. But because of like his laziness and his ignorance, the pig is the same size. Yeah, it's a tie. So the father's like, oh, well, they're the same size. So uh, daughter, who do you want to marry? And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. And Elliot's like, fucking Jesus Christ, you, you, you don't know if you want to marry me, a good looking young man or this ugly ass big old fat guy. OK, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I'm going to run away to America. And completely forget about, you know, the lifelong curse that mm-hmm. was bestowed upon me. As he's like halfway through the Atlantic Ocean, he's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really hope, up. really hope this doesn't come back on me. Well, guess what, Grandpa? You ruined everything. As we come back heads. to modern day, my God. Talk to me about the yellow spotted lizards. They were terrifying in 2003. <laughs> uh, now. Were you really scared of them? I was really scared. <laughs> Why? Because they jumped out. Okay. And they were they looked vicious and they were like, it'll kill you. And I'm like, oh my God. Are those real? They're real. They're real. I was very convinced. In retrospect, they are just bearded dragons with spots painted on them. Mm-hmm. However, the CGI is atrocious. Oh, atrocious. Yes. Oh, it's so bad. It really is some of that just computer technology. People wanted to use it. But they should have thought better because that early 2000s computer technology CGI is so bad and it ages so poorly. Yeah. They would have been better off just not using it. I feel like they like and I think we're thinking about the same sequence with uh, Kiss and Kate. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's, it looks so bad in my mind. Why not just make the sound cut away to the reactions of the people that witness it? Mm-hmm. And then cut back and have it like the lizard scamper away. Instead, they make us see it. Yeah, because we have bad. to see her get bit. Otherwise, stupid kids won't know what happened. <sighs> Maybe stupid kids need to use their context clues. No, 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 no. They don't even know what those are. You're right. We have to I teach them. I haven't learned them. about those yet. But Mr. Sir saves Stanley from a yellow-spotted lizard and tells him mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And meanwhile, <laughs> spends the rest of the night just firing his revolver. <laughs> It's like, yeah, man, I'll get some sleep while you're just shooting rounds like right next to my head and all that. Yeah, so that funny. makes sense. Mr. Sir is hilarious. Yeah, you like him? 
He's such a crazy old man. Oh, I don't think he's a good person, but he's funny. Oh, he's definitely playing for a laugh. He's just a bumbling big oaf. A bit of a goon, if you will. Bit of a goon. Love it. Speaking of goons, we got Dr. Pendansky. Oh, gosh. He's... What? He's just... I mean, no no hate to the actor that plays him. Oh, he's a great actor. He's such a doofus. <laughs> he's hey. such a goober. Yeah. He just looks like a goober. He's a therapist. They're all goobers. He's very much a character actor, I think. Yeah. We get another perfect uh, transition here because Stanley, he finds a fossil of a little fish. Look at the little fishy. Look at the little fishy fish. What? Proves proves that there was water there at once. There was. Stanley talks to Mr. Pendanski and says, oh, wow, there really was a lake here. And Mr. Pendanski said, yeah, not only that, the warden, their grandpa actually owned the lake, the town, and everything on it. And we flash back to (laughs) old Camp Green Lake. We get to meet Sam. Sam. I love Sam. Yeah, Sam is a salesman, I guess. He is is a man of talent. Let's just say that. A renaissance man. Not only does he, you know, manage an onion farm Mm -hmm. across... From Green Lake, but he also produces and sells his own wares, mm-hmm. all of which are onion derived. Yep. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell whether or not, because I believe Sam, but you know, there are Why a bunch of people not? during this time selling snake oil and all these fake things. Cause he, he pitches that the onion or uh, the onion juice can like help resolve baldness it can cure any ailment it's absolutely it's perfect right and And it it does it does do one important thing especially well which is keep away the yellow spotted lizards Mm -hmm. it says yellow spotted lizards don't like my onion juice no they do not i like the accent you throw on that's what it sounds like he you know they are in the south they do have an accent Mm -hmm. sam is (laughs) It, it must be said, Sam is yes. a black man. He is a black man. During this period in Texas, probably not the mm-hmm. safest thing to be. Today in Texas, probably, probably not the probably safest person to be. be. No. <laughs> and we meet Catherine, the teacher. They seem to be good buds. They get along and uh, they trade like onions for peaches. Mm-hmm. We'll see more of these two in a bit. All right. The caveman. Who's this? Stanley. What do you mean, Stanley? How is he the caveman? Oh, what happens? Well, he uh, is just read to filth by X-Ray. What? (laughs) Well, that's how he becomes caveman is because they decide that X-Ray called him Neanderthal on day one. But Stanley earns the nickname through getting in the fight. Mm -hmm. So it's solidified. His name is solidified to caveman because Mm -hmm. Stanley pops off on one of the big bads in the camp. (laughs) <laughs> and by pops off, I mean, gets lucky to not get beheaded. Oh, um, <laughs> stop it. Stanley could have taken him. He definitely couldn't. He got pushed over real easy. Hey, he's got his boys. Well, the kid cheap shot at him. Come on now. Stand up. Let him stand up. Let's get a fair fight. Anyway, Stanley ends up, quote unquote, winning this altercation. But Zero is ready to step in at any second. Oh, Zero, a real fighter. Yeah, he he saw that Stanley was in trouble. And he instantly grabbed a pool ball off mm-hmm. the table. Smart. He was like, I will bash this kid's head in if things go bad. Oh, it's so smart. If you're going to, if you see an altercation, if you know, if you're going to get into a fight, you may as well fucking fight dirty. There ain't no honor 
no, in no, Camp no. Green Lake. And there ain't no. No honor, ain't no honor in the streets either. No, not so in the streets. Zero immediately knows, let me arm myself. Let me get a nice, blunt object, a weapon, so we mm-hmm. can get this dub. Luckily, I guess cooler heads prevail. Detent sort of talks the other guy down. And then they're all just like, man, the caveman's wild. And it's funny because Stan's like, no, no, no. No, like, hey, I wasn't trying to mess with him or nothing, you know. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean nothing. And then it's revealed that he's the caveman. Yay! Hey, yo, I got a nickname. He's part of the group now. Finally, got a nickname. What happens in therapy? Oh, gosh. We get to get a little bit more insight onto the personality and the reasons that detent those kids are in mm-hmm. <laughs> Camp Green Lake, why they got sent there. Yeah. I love the line for Magnet. A magnet. Because they call him Magnet because he's a thief. Because his hands are like magnets, man. They're like magnets. And you can do the cello accent because that's what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. When I see something nice, I can't help it, man. I just got to like grab magnets. it. Yep. Motherfucker. <laughs> Apparently, the thing that got him caught and sent to Green Lake was he stole a puppy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if my pocket had a, hadn't kept barking. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Right here in therapy, we just see how Caveman is now further becoming part of the group. Mm-hmm. When Ms. Dr. Pendansky asks him, you know, why are you here, Caveman? And he says, oh, I know exactly why I'm here. My no good, dirty, rotten, pig ceiling great-great-grandfather, that's who. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Got you. Caveman, you wild dog. You're crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It just. I'm so- happy to see Stanley getting accepted into the group yeah it's nice it's always nice when you see someone finally get there Mm -hmm. you know who finally gets there who our boy zero oh what's wrong with zero 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 that's the thing is like i don't know why they shit on zero so hard because they don't talk he's a weirdo i guess he's just a bit of a loner yeah but i don't blame him like he's from what i gathered he's the youngest one there Mm -hmm. and you know i don't think he is a bad kid I mean, he's the weird little kid who's just, like, there, but he doesn't talk, and he makes you mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable because he's like, why doesn't he talk? He's always fucking staring at us. It's because he's listening. I can fully see why they would be like, the fuck is this shit? I think he's a good kid. He's I mean, just, obviously he's a good he's kid, shy. but that's not... Yeah, I get it. And, I mean, they're going to ostracize anything that doesn't conform to their expectations. So, yeah, I guess I mean, so. are the boys really that mean to him? <laughs> You acting like these boys I don't actively know. I mean, they sure him. as heck don't stand up for him. They I mean, let Pendanski just shit on him incessantly, even though he's a child. Yeah, but I don't think any of the boys ever really stood up to any of the adults in it. That's true. It's only until, like, Stanley, Caveman, that they finally start. And it's not even them. It's just, like, Caveman and Zero who stand up to the adults. That's true. Everyone else doesn't do anything. It's like you're blaming them for <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just hard because it's like I feel bad for Zero because he's illiterate. Yeah, they don't know that either. Because he doesn't talk. Exactly. If he stopped being such a weirdo and opened his mouth, maybe he'd be getting along with them. Poor kid. Anyway, <laughs> okay. basically, Zero is a mole. Zero can't read. <laughs> but he can dig a fucking hole. He's not a mole. Moles he is don't a mole. need dirt. <laughs> that's such a funny joke in them he's like i think he eats it no mm. what that? moles don't eat dirt yeah. anyway but they work out a deal stanley's gonna teach zero how to read 
but Zero's going to dig his holes for him. Uh-huh. Does Detent like this? Absolutely not. No, we'll see more of what happens. And I do want it to go on record. Stanley didn't want to do this. No. He said, nah, I think I'm good. This is not a good look. Yeah. But the next day, Caveman, he finds something with a KB written on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boy X-Ray, why don't you tell us what he did? Since you're an X-Ray hater. I hate X-Ray so much. He's such a piece of shit. Nah. My goodness. He's a... He tries He tries to put logic behind it, but really he's just being selfish. Oh, stop it. He is. Okay. I don't think it's a good enough argument. Make your case. Okay, so X-Ray, basically, he tells Stanley, it'd be good of you to give me that because I've been here longer than you and you haven't even been digging that many holes. Mm-hmm. I've been here for six months. We haven't found anything. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just give that to me? Yeah. Yeah, basically, Stanley's a good guy, so he falls through and does it. So he gives it to X-Ray after almost not handing it over. And he's like, oh, actually, just X-Ray, you already dug your hole for the day. Why don't you just pretend to find it tomorrow? Then you won't have to work at all. Smart. you you up here, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The X-Ray's so, not Latino. Freaking X-Ray does it. And he yeah, gets I mean, out of work. It's, it's a smart thing to do. It is smart, but it's annoying. I mean, I, just... I feel like it makes sense, you know. Give him page his dues. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. X-Ray is just kind of mean about everything. And everything I mean, that he's, he's, he's... He's been in here. It doesn't matter. What do you mean you it doesn't matter? still be nice to people. Why do you think jail is the way that it is? <laughs> what because do you mean? Because America sucks. Not no, every it's not jail just America. Oh, <laughs> not every jail. It's not. Not it's every jail, jail in the world is bad. That is jail culture for a reason, because it's I all know. about power dynamics. Well, I don't like it. Why can't we just be nice? <laughs> Why can't you tra- lead as an example? trying to paint a somewhat realistic picture of the world that they're in. I guess. <sighs> Do you think that X-Ray would have been able to talk down that guy from beating Stanley's ass if he didn't have some sort of like perceived Clout? power? No, yeah. you're right. It's just, it's just how it is. And it I'm makes just sense. soft like Stanley. I just want to <laughs> be nice and get oh, along. Come on, come on guys. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> X-Ray, he finds the thing the next day, as you said, gets the day off. And they start digging. The warden shows up. Everyone's like, mm. And then they just start digging and digging and digging. They're digging, clearly digging. looking for something. Because yeah, they, they make They like dig a, in tunnels now, not yeah, just holes. Elaborate tunnels and things that are... Got the wheelbarrows and everything out. It's fucking crazy. The child abuse is just outrageous at this point. No, it's it's not okay. But once again, they're in Texas, so no one actually gives a shit, you know? Oh. Was the baby born? All right, let's ignore it and hope that it dies quick. There you go. It's that simple, people. This is a uh, movie that was on Disney Channel. Yeah. There's a dick joke in this movie. Oh, yeah, there is. Because they're talking about the warden and Zigzag tells Caveman, you know, she's got cameras up everywhere, even in the showers. Mm-hmm. Armpit's talking to one of the other kids and the other kid, I think it's Magnet or something. I don't know. He says, like, they're talking about, yeah, she, she even has microphones. And he's like, hey, man, that means that she can, like, see everything. And then Armpit looks at him and he says, hey, he said microphones, not microscopes. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, shit, boy got a little dick. <laughs> Amazing. Just made a dick joke in a kid's movie. I absolutely love it. Kids have no idea what they're talking about. It's great. 
Okay, Green Lake. I mean, we already talked about Catherine and Sam. Miss Catherine. Mm -hmm. They evolve their relationship quietly, but it is beautiful. Out of necessity. Out of necessity. Oh, it is beautiful. Sam and Cat, five ever, you know? Mm -hmm. They, as Eddie mentioned earlier, they have like a give and take relationship. And Sam really doesn't ask a lot of Catherine Mm -mm. because... He he! It's obvious he likes being around her because he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He wants to be around her, help her out with the schoolhouse, any like chores and things like that that are a little bit more challenging. He he takes on very easily, and he's he's got a saying, and it's I can fix that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so nice. Oh no, Sam, my my pussy's wet. Oh, I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that. But the problem is, even though they're in love, mm-hmm. Sam is black. Uh-oh. Racism rears its ugly head mm-hmm. once again. Because even though they're in love, uh, Catherine is a white lady and Sam yeah. is a black man. And that was uh, real illegal back in that day. Oh, yeah. And here we get introduced to a real villain. Mm-hmm. The the warden's grandpa, who's a rich fucking dickbag, who... For some reason, I mean, I don't know. Miss Catherine is a very attractive lady. Yes, she is. He takes a liking to her. And Miss Catherine is also the school teacher, not only for kids, but for adults, because mm-hmm. just how things were back in there the day. There was one teacher. Yeah. <laughs> they taught everyone. And this guy, for some reason, thinks that, oh, I know what will make Miss Catherine hot and horny for me. Why don't I just make fun of one of the other students in the class who's doing a great job? Oh, yeah. You know, he's doing a great job reading and... He's like, <laughs> I remember this always bothered me because not only do you know, we hate a dick bag who's mm-hmm. just rude to people for no reason. But yeah, the guy, the actor does such a good job of seeming like so genuinely happy and like is trying so hard to like read. Oh, yeah, I, he should I be always, proud. I always felt like because it would go right from seeing him like being so gracious that Miss Catherine says that he did a good job. And he's like, oh, you know, you just tell he's like proud of himself. Yeah. And then we see this guy just, like, make fun of the fact that he stuttered a little bit. And I'm like, you fucking piece of shit. How dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even a funny thing. It's no. like, could you be more obvious? Because he's. I think the sentence is like, the duck swims on the lake. Yeah. And then he's like, the duck may swim on the lake, but my daddy owns the lake. It's like, it's like yeah, that's going to make her want to suck you off, dog. Cool. We all know that. We really? literally live in the same town. Really awesome. That's definitely what's going to get the women on you. It's being an asshole to other people. And then, ugh. and then Catherine, after that, the douchebag like asks her out to dinner and she shoots him down mm-hmm. because he is just being, you know, awful. He's yeah. like, but nobody tells me no. And she's like, I believe I just did. Oh, Joy is a baddie. And I think he gets embarrassed in front of Sam, too. And in front of the other people. And in front of the other people. So it's just mm-hmm. like, ooh, oh, it's you a big know, pride thing. You know he just wanted to say it, too. When mm-hmm. he saw Sam, he was like, whoa, this is a Disney movie. I cannot drop the N-word in front of these children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, later, I don't know if it's that night, but he, the douchebag ends up seeing Kate and Sam kissing. Oh, yeah. And that is the final straw. And he does, like, the most outlandish bullshit, hate crime, 
awful. The reaction is not only, I mean, full of hate and all that, but it's just doesn't make sense either. No. Like, why would the town be okay with this? They they burned down the school for some mm-hmm. reason. And then when Miss Catherine runs to the sheriff to ask for help, first of all, he's wasted. Oh, yeah, he's taped. <laughs> and it doesn't even make sense because of what follows. But he says, I always get, I always get nice and drunk before hanging. Sam is not hanged. At any point. No. (laughs) So it's like, oh, so you just got drunk for no reason. There you go. But he also proceeds to try and, like, assault Miss Catherine Mm because he's a disgusting fucking man. And Miss Catherine says, you know what? Well, if y'all are going to kill Sam, I kissed him too, so you may as well kill me. And he says a line that is very real. Mm -hmm. As sad as it is to say, just to really drive home how shitty this fucking time period was. Mm-hmm. As it says, it's not illegal for you to kiss him, but it is illegal for him to kiss you. And it's just like, oh my God, you fucking racist <sighs> ass. Of course. And then they kill his donkey. Yeah, we get the big set of getting Mary, Mary Lou. Lou. His donkey is dead on the ground. And then even sadder, even bigger sad, as Miss Catherine looks out towards the lake, we see a silhouette of Sam just on his rowboat trying to make it back and we see an aforementioned steamboat that uh, old rich dickbag said that he had Mm -hmm. right up on Sam. We see a gunshot and Sam falls over and I remember in 2003 I was definitely just fucking pissed. (laughs) I was so sad. I was like, dog. He ain't even doing nothing wrong. No. And you're just painfully reminded <laughs> of just how shitty America was and still is. Mm-hmm. Because this happened in our lifetimes. Oh, yeah. There are people still alive that experience this sort of racism and all this bullshit. Yeah, it's not good. So it's not in black and white. And I get that this is a movie, but it definitely was a reminder to me as a kid. And it still reminds me to this day how full of hate people can be. Oh, yeah. And how they will use that hate to justify literally taking the life of another person. And uh, unfortunately, don't see a lot of stuff changing too much about it. Obviously, yeah. there's been progress made, but uh, how much, really? Not a lot. But the it's ironic because even though I hate it when they kill Sam, I mm-hmm. very much love when Miss, Miss Catherine becomes... Kissing Kate Barlow. Uh-huh. And goes, got on a, name? goes on a damn killing spree. Uh-huh. She turns to a life of crime because if she would have kissed him, she would have killed him. Because uh-huh. on the victims of all the people she murders, she gives them a big red kiss mark on their cheek. Uh-huh. And it all sends back to that sheriff who tried to get uh-huh. a kiss out of her. And she said, okay. Oh, let me give you one. Uh, disgusting uh-huh. men. Yuck. It's yuck, pretty cool yuck, to yuck. see. A female outlaw. Love it. I want more of it. Yep. And during this time period, I just have to, again, reference that she does rob Stanley's great-grandpa. Yes. The original Stanley Yelnets and takes his treasure, Hooray. which will become very important. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll say it right now. That treasure is very important because after Miss Catherine's life of crime is over, she buries that treasure somewhere on the now dried up Camp Green Lake. Mm-hmm. So sad. Well, after we get that sad story that they definitely spend their time on, which is very much deserved, 
we come back to modern day and it's time for caveman and zero to start to get into a little bit of trouble and for a second time now zero alludes to the fact that he knows more about stanley's situation once again i ask you how does stanley not press this more because stanley is a gentle little potato boy and he does not use his big noodle i guess not zero mm-hmm. kind of is forced to leave how does this happen oh poor poor zero what's he will so basically it comes out of the woodwork they kind of end up narking on caveman and zero situation with their mm-hmm. whole teaching him to read thing i'm teaching him to read yeah <laughs> no you're not why not why am i not allowed to educate this child you're here to dig holes mm-hmm. well zero has enough of it because basically in front of everybody pedansky says hey zero's a dumbass his head's full of nothing yeah he, d- he can't spell he can't read he can't do anything and he's like, what is it spelled, Zero? D-I-G. And then Zero just whacks the hell out of him with the, with the shovel. Mm-hmm, and bonk. he just leans over and says, dig. And he runs. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Yeah, and it must be said that their cover is essentially blown because I don't think it was any coincidence that X-Ray and Armpit, the two black members of Detent, along yeah. with Zero, who is also black, uh, don't like the fact that they see Zero, a black kid, digging the hole for Caveman, a white kid. Yeah. And both of them come up to him and say something along the same lines of, must be nice having your own slave, huh? Mm-hmm. Which I think was a great touch from the director because it makes sense. Like, what the yeah, fuck are you doing? Cool. Yeah. Certainly not a cool thing. They shouldn't even have done that plan to begin with no but the thing is is zero was he wanted to learn so bad he like forced caveman into the situation oh, caveman know. is shit at digging mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's just a bad look all around yeah but zero's gone yeah gone zero the hills. Fucking the, out of here the craziest part yeah is that the adults don't give a fuck oh no why would they care they're like, no, he's a ward of the state. He doesn't belong to anybody. Nobody's no gonna one come cares for him. about Hector Zeroni. Mm, poor Zero. Yeah, they're essentially fine with just covering up a death, which makes me think that they've probably done it before. Yeah, there's, I wonder how many other kids are in those hills. Yeah, Camp Green like, has no fences because it's just desert all around. So Zero just fucking takes off, isn't seen for a few days, and all the rest of Detent, kids who know Zero... Just make jokes about how they're going to find his dead body. and He's going to get picked to death by buzzards. Yeah, all that stuff. Just absolutely wild behavior from these boys. Yikes. Speaking of wild behavior. Yeah. A new kid is about to enter Camp Green. New kid on the block. And this kid is insane. Yeah, he's a little weirdo. I think this kid needs more help than digging holes. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I think he needs some uh, drugs. Yeah, he definitely needs to be medicated. His name is Twitch. Twitch, uh committed grand theft auto oh yeah I play a um, GTA. <laughs> yeah so this kid steals cars that's kind of a big problem yeah but it's a problem that sparks an idea with stanley oh yeah he ends up pulling a uh a bit of gta himself one day mm. when mr sir's filling up the water bottles stanley steals the truck absolutely and, and he, drives he does a great job for a minute but then absolutely blows it blows it's like it. it's like running the 100 yard return in football 
mm-hmm. only to for some reason fucking fumble the ball at the one yard line. Because he's driving around, he's good, everyone's pumping him up, like, hell yeah, caveman, he's screaming out the fucking window. And then he just runs right into a hole. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this kid didn't die, because I know Mr. Sir would not have that those airbags popping. No! I absolutely know that IRL, caveman would have went through that windshield. Bonk. I don't know if he was going fast enough to die, but he would have been seriously oh, hurt. That's for I mean, if you're sure. going through that windshield, this kid's head is bloody. Yeah, for sure. Which is, it's just wild because he, he would have had the whole desert wide open. I know. He literally, he literally runs into the last hole. He's a kid. It's wide open, I guess. He's never, he's probably never driven a car before. Should have had Twitch drive. That's true. But then he would have been an accessory. So yeah, I don't think Twitch cared. Probably not. But Caveman's on a mission. He's going to go find Zero because that's his damn friend. Not my butt. He finds Zero underneath a boat. Mm-hmm, think he did. Eating some disgusting expired <laughs> peaches from like 1864. Yeah, some black fucking peaches. Just some, some like black peach juice. He calls it sploosh. Mm-hmm. He finds Zero just tripping balls off this shit pretty much. Because oh, yeah. there ain't no way this kid just like fermented to hell. Just like, ooh, mm-hmm. caveman, I feel pretty good. Uh. We thought we thought cactus juice was bad, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, oh shit, dog. I'm feeling. I'm gonna eat another Yeah. Little Zero. He's a small kid, but I mean, he survived. He hasn't died yet, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the stomach, the it's working overtime. He's not mm-hmm. poisoned or anything. The other, like, just absolutely insane thing to me is these boys are gonna climb mm-hmm. to the top of a giant mountain. Yeah. Because it's shaped like God's thumb. Mm-hmm. And that is where Stanley's great grandpa survived after he was stranded in the desert by kissing Kate Barlow. There you go. It's so, all coming together. It's all coming together. They free climbed this fucking giant mountain. As they make it to the top, Zero's a little bit hurt. Yeah, he cut his hands on a shovel. He's bleeding. So this man, Caveman, finally finishes the task his no good, dirty, rotten pig stealing great great grandpa didn't do. And he carries Zero, who is a Zeroni. Ah, remember Madame Zeroni from Oh, before? my God. Is that why they call him Zero? Yes. How did you? you just now making this connection? Yeah. I thought they <laughs> called him Zero because there was nothing in his head. I mean, there's that, and his last name is Zeroni. It's spelt like the word Zero. Uh-huh. Oh so he carries God. him up the A mountain and sings a song while he eats. We haven't, eats. we haven't even sang the song yet. Would you like to sing the song for the people? If only, if only the woodpecker sighs, the bark on the tree was as soft as the skies. While the wolf waits below, hungry and lonely, crying to the moon, if only, if only. And with that, we get like a little bing. And Stanley's like, wow, I feel pretty good. (laughs) These kids nurse themselves back to health, eating raw ass onions and drinking muddy water. Delicious. But it brings them back, and up here on God's Thumb, not only does Caveman feel good and finally lucky for the first time in his life, like everything was supposed to happen the way that it did, but Zero finally reveals, hey, guess what? You know those shoes that hit you on the head? I threw them. I was Mm -hmm. the one who stole them because I was homeless, and I saw the shoes, and I liked them, and I didn't know that it was wrong to take them. But after the cops started chasing me, 
I threw the shoes. That's what got you here in Camp Green Lake. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Also, the next day, I got picked up for shoplifting from a payless. And Stanley <laughs> does not give a damn. He's like, hey, it's all good, man. What, what, what do you say we dig one last hole? I got a mm-hmm. feeling that there's something here. Oh, yeah. And we go to the final hole. And right here, I just have to say, before we really get what they find in this hole, we've seen the director do an amazing job with three different time periods. It, it never feels jarring. It no. always feels natural whenever they flash back to the old times. And it always fits exactly into the narrative where it would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything is so looped together so well that it's such a tight telling of a book. Oh, Oftentimes yeah. things don't translate well to cinema from a book, which is why they change it. But I think that the director just did an amazing job putting everything because all the stuff, it's all in the book. Yeah, some things are different. And that's important, I think, because movies are not books and books are not movies. There's certain things that you can do in one that you can't do in the other. But this is just, I want to say they pretty much got every single thing that they needed to put into the film and done in such a way where it never feels jarring. Another thing that he does perfectly that the book, again, Lewis, you wild for this one, because everything that was set up early that sort of feels like a throwaway thing, literally everything comes full circle in this Mm -hmm. story. Every single thing that they set up in the beginning, the shoes flying out of the sky, we find out is Zero's fault. The family's curse that has to do with not only Caveman, but also Zero. Mm-hmm. It's, that's all connected. Old Camp Green Lake, literally everything that happened there and like why it's dried up and all that. Sam's onions, which repel the yellow-spotted lizards. Catherine's mm-hmm. peaches, which are the sploosh that Zero uses to survive and Caveman uses to survive. Both of these together, onions and peaches, are the cure for stinky feet that we didn't even mention. But yeah, (laughs) Stanley's father is trying to cure foot odor. Yeah, he's an inventor, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And by mixing onions and peaches, he's able to find the cure for stinky feet. Kissing Kate Barlow not only robs Stanley's great grandfather and sets up the whole God's thumb, but it's also it's her treasure that uh, mm-hmm. we're about to learn a little more about. Mm-hmm. The warden's grandpa, who knew Miss Catherine, who killed Sam, who was trying to find the treasure. And finally, we're here to that aforementioned treasure because Stanley and Zero go to the hole where Stanley found the KB uh, mm-hmm. lipstick. Yep. And together, they find Kissing Kate Barlow's treasure, Woo-hoo! which has someone's name on it. Stanley Yelnitz. Mm-hmm. Zero asks him, hey, Stanley, is your last name, your first name spelled backwards? He says, yeah, that's very weird that you bring it up right now. We see a social worker who was looking for Stanley because he got lucky after curing his family of a curse. He gets to go home because mm-hmm. the justice system finally woke up and said, yeah, this is not a great idea. Yeah. And the camp, the warden gets their comeuppance. Because as Stanley makes it out of the hole, for some reason, they didn't get bitten by the yellow-spotted lizards. It's because of the onions. But we know because of the fucking onions that they were eating. Yay. It's so well done to just introduce these things so early on and have them Mm -hmm. be so important to the end. It's just good storytelling. Stanley and Zero, they make it out. It's a whole thing as to, hey... Like, why the fuck do you not have papers on Zero? What the hell kind of place are you mm-hmm. running here? Hey, is Mr. Sir, a, he's a criminal? 
Dr. Pendansky. He's broken his parole. <laughs> Dr. Pendansky ain't even a real doctor. Nope. Just, just all these things. And as they put his great-grandpa's treasure into the car, and they're about to get out, for one, it starts raining. Mm-hmm. So Camp Green Lake is healed. Yep. And all, all the boys are celebrating the rain for the first time in seemingly like hundreds of years. Yeah. The warden goes up to Stanley and says, please, can't I, can't I just see what was in it? Mm-hmm. And he looks at her. And one of her catchphrases is, Excuse me. So he gets to do his best impression of the warden. And in a delicious bit of line delivery to her question of, Can't I just see what's inside? Without skipping a beat, he looks at her and says, Excuse me? Mm-hmm. And then just closes the trunk. And you just, Oh, yeah. Yeah, victory. Yeah, baby. We didn't even say the fucking iconic scene. Oh my God! Well, how so, did one, we skip so why don't you tell us that before we go on to the? Well, ending. the warden's real bitter and really motivated to dig up the treasure, treasure because she spent her whole childhood digging holes for her grandfather. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this is the best line when she's digging. She's like <laughs> bitching to her grandpa. She's like, "I'm tired of this, grandpa." Well, that's too damn bad. Oh, you keep digging. It's so mean. It's so mean. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. This man just obsessed with finding this treasure. Can you imagine making your granddaughter just dig holes? No. With your crazy old ass? No. Such an iconic line. It's so mean. All is going well for Stanley and especially for Zero. Because yeah. he's going from n- zero to 100 real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. This man goes from zero to a millionaire. Yeah. Because inside is a whole bunch of treasure, gold, but bail bonds as well. Or I don't know. I don't know if they're bail bonds, but bonds. Yeah. For AT&T, I think they specifically say. Really? Yeah. And they were worth $25,000 back in the day. So by time maturing and those things being worth more now, Stanley says that they're worth millions. And not only that. But in a wild move, which, you know, I, I, I get it. He's your bud. You're bonded by ancient generations. You know, Zeroni and the Elnats go way back. But he says, I think it's only fair that we give Hector half yeah. of the treasure. And I'm just like, dog, half? Half is pretty wild. You're insane. 30%, maybe, maybe 35. Half? You wild, man. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Stanley, a better man than me, I guess. And I guess the yell so. the yell are better than me because they agree to it. Zero finally gets to find his mom. Yay. Turns out she's alive and she's been looking for him this whole time. So they get that nice reunion. And in our final scene, we get to see that Sploosh is the name of the cure for foot odor. Sweet feet is not only in the commercial for Sploosh, but he's also a friend of the family. Looks like they uh, made all that up, and Stanley is actually a fan of his. <laughs> and this is cool because in the book, it doesn't say anything about the other kids from D10. Mm-hmm. But in the film, it shows that all of them are hanging out with Stanley and Zero. So yeah. it seems like they all got out and that they're all still friends and together. Mm-hmm. And in the book, the ending's a little bit different. There, there's a few other differences, obviously, you know, in the appearance of characters and stuff like that. But for the most part, very faithful to the book. But the ending, I think, is kind of a, I mean, it's sweet, I guess, because it ends with 
Zero's mom singing him the song that Madame Zeroni said all mm-hmm. in the past. She just sings a new verse that essentially wraps up that everything's okay now. But I think I like the film's ending better because it ends with Stanley saying, you know, everything worked out. Camp Green Lake is a uh, camp for girls now. They get to enjoy the lake. The boys, they all got time served and get to go home. And he just ends with the great line that says, as for everything else, you know, all the other mysteries, I guess you'll just have to fill in the holes yourself. I think that is a a great ending line to end this movie on. It's just, yes. That that is fucking perfect. Hooray, Stanley so good. Zero. I would be remiss if I didn't just mention here that Holes the book yeah. has has a fucking sequel. What it does? Yeah, but really? it's it's weird. It's like a sequel that no one has read or cares about because the sequel is based on Armpit as the main character. Hmm, interesting. And like him getting out and like going with his family, I think. It did not do well at all, and it's, like, not really remembered. I think that maybe they mentioned, like, Stanley in it once. It just has, like, nothing to do with the original book other than Armpit being in it. And I think I read that people said it wasn't even, like, you know, it was not a good story. Oh, man. Which is which is a bummer. But it makes sense. After an amazing book like Holes, you kind of want to see more, not just completely changing things. For sure. But... My God, the moment you've been waiting for. Me? I don't know if this is the moment I've been waiting for. Is this not what you wait for every time you see this movie? It's a bit of a a moment. I don't know if it's the moment for me, but I know it's the moment for you. It is the moment. Because I remember, flashback to 2003, you heard the tease of the song at the beginning with these kids singing, like, you know, an old working song. Digging on Big It. And then at the end, during credits, we go right back to that song. And we find out not only is it that chorus, not only do we have the, I believe it's the boy who plays Zigzag, doing yeah. his deep voice as a broken hand and a broken soul. Emancipated from all you know, you got to go dig those holes. Not only Beautiful. do we get that, but we find out that the song is a fucking rap. It's a rap, people. <laughs> We're yeah. rapping. It's legitimately. I remember walking out of the theater in 2003, just stuck in my head, just digging up uh, uh, and just fucking like pumped up. Jazzed. It's so fucking cool. I believe I downloaded the song on LimeWire. Oh my and God. And like maybe burned it to a CD or put it on an MP3 player. You no, know, I've heard some of your CDs and it would not surprise oh, me God. if that is on there. At the end of the day, it's just so much fun that they let the kids, the actors do it. And mm-hmm. sing the song. I wonder and who then, wrote their verses. I wonder. Do you think they I'm did? I'm curious. I, they they probably, may have helped. They said, give me a quick four bar. And Caveman said, I got it. It's shy of the God, man. It's just so good. I, I fucking love it. Everyone kills their part. Like, Zero gets a part where he, like, sings high. X-Ray gets a part where he does, like, a quick ten bar. Uh, Shia LaBeouf starts us off with, like, uh, God, what's his go? My name's Caveman. That's the only part I remember. Two suits, two tokens in hand. I got no respect because I'm the new man. Got my shovel, shoes full of sand. Check out the tag. My name's Caveman. Uh. Amazing. And then na 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 That's so fucking good. Just go. If you haven't listened to the song, if you haven't heard it for a long time, go listen to it. Go listen. It's fun. It's just so much fun. And it is, dare I say, iconic. Iconic. Well, let's go from there. The end of the film, the end of the book. 
and go into the DTR, defining the relationship and see how we feel about this film now. Where does holes lie within our scale of not giving a damn to being show dependent? <laughs> I like that scale. Not giving a damn. I think it makes sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's some things you just do not care about. And there's some, I mean, the opposite end, you just can't live without them. There you go. I think my relationship with this film it is pretty much the exact same as it was when I first <laughs> saw it when I, in 2003. Nice. I really don't think my opinion has changed because back then mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is like such a good story. Mm-hmm. And I, I really loved playing with the, you know, the different time periods. I thought that was really cool. For sure. And I think it's just like a really good example of a lot of good morals yeah. And it, it teaches good lessons, like to follow through with your promises, to be loyal to those around you, that, you know, where you come from matters. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, your heritage is an important part of your story. It's also another really great reflection of like, just how interconnected the human race is. Yeah. Like if we go back far enough, we can, you know, all theoretically find someone related to us and related to each other so it's really cool right um i think this story is just one that has aged so well and i i really am so so happy every time i watch this movie more than happy to watch this every time it's on Mm -hmm. i was very excited to rewatch it this past (laughs) time i was like oh let's get in there it's time to go to green lake but i think that i would definitely say that i am show dependent on it i need i need to watch this film more frequently because yeah. re-watching it, it reminded me just how good it is so mm-hmm. yeah i i think i'm definitely show dependent on this i think i could say that with full confidence nice. this is a movie that i will continue to watch throughout the rest of my days there we go holes to me is definitely one of the first times where a film made me want to read the book and especially in recent times, I have been wanting to read more and more, and I have been listening to so many books on audio mm-hmm. through having Libby. Shouts out Libby. Go get a Libby! library card once again. Everyone should get one. But I think this was definitely the first time where I saw a film, loved it, found out that it was also a book, and thought, I have to read this book. There you go. I need to go experience it in its original form, not only just to see what was different, but just to see why this was worthy of being made into a film. Mm-hmm. I was definitely not disappointed. I, I think Holes is, is an amazing book for anyone to read, but especially for young people to read once they're able to. That way they can understand just what a quality story is. Like you said, all the morals and the things that it teaches, I think are fantastic, are really good things that kids should learn and understand. It is one of the best adaptations of a book to me. Just when I think back to 2003, and I think now in 2022, I definitely feel similar to how I felt then. I get energized when this movie's over, hearing that Dig It song by the mm-hmm. D-Temp Boys. The song is iconic. You hear it, it's stuck in your head. But not only that, but all the other songs, I can remember as we were rewatching it, I was like, oh, this song's going to play now. Oh, this guy's about to say this line. This person's about to do this. It's burned into my memory. It will forever be a part of me. And I will always be excited to watch Holes again. I hope that it 
sort of continues to be held up as this amazing adaptation and an amazing book and an amazing movie. I don't know. I just love it. I think I have, have to say I'm show dependent on it because so many things, if I hear the line, if I hear the song, if I hear about holes, I know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. I want to share how I feel about it and see how other people feel about it and just sit down and have a full conversation about holes and how good it is and how everyone should watch it over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. All right. With that being said... We done did it. It's about time for us to fill in our holes. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, this episode <laughs> of Show Dependent Podcast has come to a close. A big, giant thank you thank to you. all of you out there for listening. If you liked what you heard here today, please, as always, we ask, give us a follow. Download this episode and the past episodes. It really does help. Mm-hmm. But what helps even more is spreading the word. Tell your detent that they can find the show dependent podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, show dependent should be there. You can search SHO dependent pod again, show dependent pod. If you want to follow the pod on Twitter, on Instagram, it's the same name at SHO dependent pod. And myself, all a bumper here falling down because my knees. <laughs> don't work you can follow me on twitter on twitch at victor v sweet just having a good time playing some video games sharing my thoughts and all those sort of things kayla mm-hmm. my love where can yeah. you be found well it's pit stain to you now okay? oh you're right my b pit stain respect bumper i expect it back uh-huh anyway you can find me covered in sweat not Ooh. because of the physical exertion it's just my anxiety there you go and you can also find me on Twitter at DJ Pavich. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Hey, before before you drive off into the sunset with all your bonds and the treasure yeah, that your great grandfather left you, and just a story that you'll be telling your son, Stanley Yelnats the fifth mm-hmm. and the sixth and the seventh, before you do all that, I do want to ask you to save the date, get out your checkbook, and write a note on the back of this check. <laughs> <laughs> that way you will forever remember that the next episode. I mean, we we got a big one coming for you. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> this, you want to talk about holes being a, a moment for oh, us. Oh, God. Our next episode is a moment for, I think, just the culture. I would say the world. You of know? the world, yes. Absolutely. Because in the next one, it's hot out here. It's mm-hmm. summer. People are out there hitting the gym. Yep. The sun is out, so we're getting a nice tan. Yeah. And if you're going to go clubbing, if you're going to go to bed, you got to do yourself a little bit of laundry. So we are going to GTL, and we're going to talk about the fucking global phenomenon that is still on to this day. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a special guest, one of our friends who absolutely, I mean, I love this show. I think Kay- she may love it more than you. Oh, I was going to say she absolutely loves it more than me. A total... I got it. A shore whore. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if she'd appreciate that, but I like it. It is time to discuss the people, the moments, the lines, all that is the Jersey Shore. And hey, to be honest, we may expect a little series out of this. because Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. (laughs) There is so much to talk about and so much worth talking about. Oh, yeah. Now it's time for us 
Okay, hop on out of here. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there was a magical place where it never rained. The end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye!